District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. Hello, everyone. Pardon the absence. I was out filming a new Conservation Nation episode in the Northeast. You may know kind of what we're filming about, what brings me to the Northeast. There's a very important issue up there. I'll leave it to your imagination to figure out what it was. I learned this morning that I did not draw for a Virginia elk tag, sad face, but that's what these lottery systems are like. We're also in our second year of this elk tag lottery hunt draw, so this is to be expected. They only auction off like five tags, and they have a sixth one, and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation here in Virginia was awarded that sixth tag. But focus of today is going to be the America's Outdoor Recreation Act, what I like about that bill, how it's not kind of a steaming pile of craziness like other bills. Not every bipartisan bill is good, but this is perhaps a very intriguing one, and we're going to talk about that. And before I dip more into the bill tomorrow, also, we are talking with Jonathan Wood of the Property and Environment Research Center because we want to talk about the waters of the United States Sackett decision, Supreme Court ruling that happened and what impact that'll have. So don't miss that out tomorrow. But now to today's episode about this surprisingly good bill. First introduced in March of 2023, or rather reintroduced in this congressional cycle, this is a bipartisan bill from Senators Manchin and Barrasso. So Manchin, if you don't know this, is the chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Barrasso is the ranking member, and they put their heads together for introducing, or rather reintroducing, the Bipartisan America's Outdoor Recreation Act. And this was, I think, actually announced on my birthday this year. Fun. And it was previously introduced... And the goal of this bill, as they say, would be to increase and improve outdoor recreation opportunities across the United States while improving infrastructure and driving economic growth in rural communities. Here's what the two leaders in those respective parties of this committee have said. Manchin is quoted as saying, anyone born and raised in West Virginia knows that when it comes to the mountain state, there is no better place to enjoy the great outdoors. From a young age, I fell in love with hunting and fishing, much the same way Americans nationwide fall in love with mountain biking, hiking, trail running, and all the other recreational opportunities on America's public lands and parks. I am proud to have worked with ranking member Barrasso to reintroduce this legislation that will bolster outdoor recreation activities nationwide, boost rural communities, and increase access to recreational opportunities for all Americans. Brasso is quoted as saying, Wyoming is home to some of the most incredible national parks and public lands in this country. Our bipartisan bill will increase and improve outdoor recreation opportunities. It'll modernize public campgrounds, establish shooting ranges on federal forests, nice, ensure access, increase access to public lands, and it will benefit everyone who enjoys the outdoors in Wyoming and across the nation. I want to read from a one-pager of what they aim to accomplish in terms of bolstering the outdoor recreation economy. They also say this is a package. I was mistaken. It's not a standalone rule, but it's all kind of figured into one. It's not like the so-called Inflation Reduction Act or Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. This is all related to outdoor recreation. 
by the looks of it, not inserting extraneous things that have nothing to do with conservation or access. It also includes the Outdoor Recreation Act, of course, the Simplifying Outdoor Access for Recreation Act, Recreation Not Red Tape Act, Gateway Community and Recreation Enhancement Act, the Federal Interior Lands Media Act, which has to do with filming on public lands, the Biking on Long Distance Trail Act, and many others. And they hope the package ensures, according to the one-pager, greater access and opportunities for activities like recreational climbing, biking, and target shooting on public lands. The bill's package will improve and modernize recreation infrastructure on federal land by leveraging non-federal investments, as well as identify and set out solutions for increasing broadband connectivity on developed recreation sites. The package modernizes film and photography permitting so land management agencies can keep pace with changing technology and social media, allowing people who responsibly recreate on our public lands to record and share their experiences without the worry of unnecessary red tape and fees. I really love this component to it because as someone who has filmed on public lands, I talk to the agencies. I try to get in their good graces. I reach out via email to ask if I have any restrictions. All have been very cooperative and nice. Sometimes you go back and forth and you don't get the response you want automatically, but I actually really like this component most of all because it doesn't matter where you fall politically, you should be able to film and not be assumed that your project is going to lead to some monetary gain that you're making money. The National Park Service has something to answer for for the recreation fees. I wanted to talk about that, but Booz Allen Hamilton rakes in most of the profits from anytime you make a reservation on recreation.gov. So the fact that they're accusing people who just want to film their experience outdoors of making money when they're sharing profits with Booz Allen Hamilton, pretty hypocritical. But I like this component. Let's read what else the package also includes. Establishes a financial assistance program to help businesses set up and expand in areas near recreation hotspots. And it'll improve the permitting process for outfitters and guides who work on public lands. Good stuff. Uh, It also establishes a pilot program that will make real-time visitation data readily available for members of the public seeking to visit recreation sites on federal land. In addition, the package makes the national parks and federal land pass available for purchase online in a digital format. It's really great when you can buy the national parks pass, federal lands pass digitally, uh, not having to go through the website, hopefully through an app, maybe through mobile form. It'll foster new approaches to the way annual visitation is tallied, It'll foster coordination among Department of Defense, Veterans Affairs, federal land management agencies to ensure service members and veterans have access to outdoor recreation and outdoor-related volunteer wellness programs. And the package also includes bills to ensure that increases in visitation will not result in resource damage to ensure generations to come can enjoy public lands. Partnerships with gateway communities to help address needs such as parking, housing shortages, accommodation of visitors, and demands on municipal infrastructure. Also promoting boating while helping boaters not accidentally spread aquatic invasive species. This has pretty bipartisan support among conservationist groups, largely hunting and fishing and boating, even among some preservationist group, interestingly enough. So far, I haven't seen, as of this recording, the America's Outdoor Recreation Act does not have a CBO cost estimate. Compared to other bills, like these tax and spend bills, I don't see just topically what I've read how this would encroach on taxpayers. Hopefully this is a good stewarding of taxpayer money. But once I see the CBO estimate and some of the criticisms, we may come back and see if my opinions of this change. But I want to read for you specifically what I really like about this reforming of the permit process to film on public lands. Because right now, there was a federal case, if you guys don't know, of a gentleman from Virginia who filmed a documentary at 
I think it was Yorktown in the Virginia Beach area, or rather the Tidewater Hampton Roads area. And he was filming in a pretty prominently public place, not a secret place. He wasn't revealing any secrets, encroaching on any public lands. And he was charged with not obtaining a commercial license to film at Yorktown. So he challenged that in court, said it was a violation of his First Amendment rights. One in that case, and in 2021, all the federal agencies except for U.S. Forest Service, so BLM, Fish and Wildlife, and other Department of Interior Lands could not impose a penalty or make users go through hoops for non-commercial filming projects. But a federal court recently, I believe, challenged his case, and now different national parks in particular, especially those in Alaska, are trying to put more restrictions of whether or not you can obtain a filming permit or rather mandating a filming permit would be required to film in publicly accessible areas in national parks when that shouldn't be the case. And what this bill would do, what this bill's package would do, which I like, and I think this has bipartisan support all across the board, because like I had mentioned earlier, I film on public lands. I don't leave a trace. I am filming with just my videographer, Madison Hughes. There's no one else. Sometimes we have people and usually our group is under six people, but we're not encroaching on any place. We're not going to sensitive areas that can't be publicized. We're staying in the main area. And I know others who film on public lands are equally frustrated, especially with the Forest Service making you pay exorbitant fees. And this has happened in the past, you know, doing it. And and when you create a system where it's expensive, only the highly, only the very wealthy production companies from Hollywood or other big outfits like an Amazon or Nagia or what have you, those will only be the people who will be able to access film opportunities on public land. So it'll create a very disproportionate unbalanced kind of system favoring commercial entities, even though they claim they're trying to discourage commercial projects. I like that they want to clarify what is applicable for a permit and not. And actually, I think these reforms will make it so that most projects can be assumed to be non-commercial, even if you are, let's say, posting it on social media and there may be some opportunities to so-called monetize your content. So this is section 100905 pertaining to filming and still photography and systems units. So federal land systems unit filming and still photography. The secretary shall ensure that a filming or still project or similar recording in the system unit referred to in this section as a filming or still photography activity and the authorizing or permitting of a filming or still project activity are carried out in accordance with laws and policies applicable to the service, applicable general management plan and this section Now in section two says where no permits are required, the secretary shall not require an authorization or permit or access a fee. If the fee for filming or still photography activity is not otherwise required by law for a filming or still photography activity that involves fewer than six individuals and meets each of the requirements described in an aforementioned paragraph is merely incidental to an activity or an event that is allowed or authorized at the system unit, regardless of number of individuals participating in the allowed or authorized activity or event, or whether any individual receives compensation for any products of the filming or still photography activity, or is a news gathering activity unless the news gathering activity does not meet each of the requirements described above. This would make filming in public lands areas, including in Alaska. I have to see if I have to request any permits. I don't think so. I'm going to be filming near the Mendelhall Glacier and that's on Forest Service lands. It'll be just like B-roll. So I have to see if my activity is going to be applied there, but I don't have to 
coming up, apply for different permits. I may visit one national park in Alaska. I have to see. I'm planning out my whole schedule right now. I don't see my work still exceeding what is deemed non-commercial. So I think I would like these reforms to be adopted. I like what I'm seeing so far. I also like the general ethos of increasing access, the increasing access, especially on target shooting ranges on forest service lands, because we see, oddly enough, this administration, I've documented it here, is trying to close access in Colorado. They've done the revoking of public lands access from the Trump era, from 2020. They closed off 2.3 million acres on the condition that lead tackle and bullets were used. Now they're conditioning any future opening on lead prohibitions for fishing and hunting activities on U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service lands. They also have closed off caribou hunting to non-residents on 60 million acres, the Department of Interior has, and they don't adhere to no-net loss, meaning that they are fine with chipping away access under the guise of protection and preservation. So I don't want this bill's good intentions to be undermined by the lack of consistency and the undoing of public lands access for hunting, fishing, and so-called other consumptive behaviors and activities. Also, this conservation lease rule, the BLM rule, which we're billing as BLM 3.0. That's how I'm viewing it. That is going to allow preservationist groups to create non-uses, therefore excluding participants, even recreationists, off public lands. So this is a good bill. I worry that it will be undermined by Biden administration policies. That's just the skeptic in me researching what I've seen, what I've analyzed for you here. Nevertheless, I do think I could put my support behind this bill. I wouldn't be too concerned with it passing. I would welcome its passage. It seems kind of similar to the Great American Outdoors Act, but I hope that when the money is appropriated, it's actually going to usage and not you pass a bill and then you need to routinely spend billions and billions of dollars and those monies are not being applied to the programs they said they would be applied to. So let's hope that consistency applies here. Again, no red flags. We will continue to monitor the status of this bill. Right now, it's only passed out of the committee We'll see if it gets a full Senate vote and maybe a House vote, and if it does eventually end up on President Biden's desk. Stay tuned for more that entangle with it and sometimes work against it as well. Thanks for listening to the show and stay tuned for the next episode.